she do it like me? Do she work that body? Throw that ass like a pump, 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 pump it hot. Do she handle it like she... Hey, sex enthusiasts. Welcome to the Truth in the Booty podcast, where we discuss sexuality and relationships. I am Truth, and today we're going to be discussing two topics, which are porn and body positivity. Okay, so porn is not something that I was always comfortable with, to be very honest. In the beginning, I would say that I was pretty much approved, as in going on my sexual journey with different things. And I did find porn to be quite egregious. It always felt like if your boyfriend was watching that, then it was going to be a problem. It came across as something that was quite exploitative to women something that gave people a lot of false impressions about what is meant to happen in the background, in the in the bedroom, and also led to a lot of negative stereotypes for people who might be in sex work and, and things like that. So initially I did not come to porn with a very good, um, with a positive outlook on it. Also, it was something that would like come on on the cable channels like late at night that you would see it wasn't something that you could really discuss with your parents. If your parents caught you watching it, it would be a problem. So yeah, I, I started off with quite a negative view of it to begin with. When I started to get a little bit older, I did read a few like books, like feminist books and things like that. And some of them went on to talking about porn. So because there's a bit more of an academic outlook that's that's added onto it, it makes it feel a bit more legitimate. The, some of the criticisms that they were putting on it. I think it might be a bit different to some of the feminist work that that is more popular nowadays. Um, but the early books that I read were talking about porn being violent, porn for the most part being tantamount to rape, about a lot of the people who actually act in porn scenes being exploited. So it was basically painted that there was no way that porn could be positive. And if it's something that you're supporting, then you're really explo- you're really supporting the exploitation of women. So that was another like negative thing that got added onto it. Now that I've experienced a few different things and I've learned a bit more and also thought about things a lot more carefully, I think that yes, there are negative things that go with porn as well. But there's also a lot of positives, and I think also for people who are of an LGBT background, there wouldn't be a lot of sex education out there for you. Like, there wouldn't be a lot of things where you'd be able to see what you're interested in and also see your your sex life being represented. So for a lot of people in those groups, then porn can be quite freeing. And with um, women and women relationships, like, or, or women and women sex, like, I never really understood too much how how, how that would work and how I, I got around to start understanding a lot more of it is through watching porn as well. So I know there are certain things that when you watch it in porn, it's given this particular impression or really you're watching sometimes a fantasy or something. It's, it's more for the amusement of the person who is watching and it's not necessarily reflected of what you should do in the bedroom. And it all sort of depends on the context of, of different things as well. One thing that people complain about in porn is how it's unrealistic that there isn't any, it doesn't look as if there's any lube involved or there's not a lot of foreplay that happens. But 
straight away the woman is ready. For some women it might be like that. Um, with others, they need a lot more warm-up time and foreplay. And also, when you're watching the porn, you're not seeing what is happening behind the scenes, where they might have already prepped with the lube and you haven't seen that. Or they might have already have warmed themselves up and you don't see that. So there are certain things that you have to take with a pinch of salt. There was one porn that I saw like quite some time ago actually where it was like a threesome porn and it was two women and one guy and there was the guy was giving the woman anal sex and then he was taking his dick out and then the girl was like another girl was like lying underneath both of them and then she started sucking his dick and then he reinserted his dick inside the other woman so seeing stuff like that in porn you might think, oh, that looks like really fun and that looks really interesting, but it might not necessarily be safe for you to do that at home, notwithstanding certain conditions. So that's another thing where it doesn't necessarily mean that you should try that at home or you might need to do a bit more research to find out how you can do certain things that you see in porn safely. Another criticism with porn is to do with body image. Like people say that, all of the women in porn are, are perfect looking and it puts like a lot of pressure on people. I think nowadays where a lot more people are making their own porn and a lot more of the porn looks more homemade, you see a lot of people from all walks of life and all different like shapes and sizes doing porn as well. So that helps to democratise things a little bit. I'm not going to exaggerate and say that there's not any problems or whatever with it, but um, that's one thing. I think people really need to be open-minded. It doesn't mean that everything that you see in porn you need to do or, or that's how everything needs to be. You have to look at it and think of like how does it apply to your own life. The other thing is that porn is, is quite a fun thing as well. It can be fun to watch it with your partner to get you in the mood. It can be fun for you to do research or stuff that you might want to try by watching it. Also to just see different things which maybe you don't even want to try but you're just trying to look into something a bit different. So there is a lot of positives that you can get from it and there's a lot of things that I've learned from porn admittedly. There's a lot of things that I thought well actually that's not that positive. I think there's many different types of porn. It's like saying movies or music. It's very varied nowadays so you can't really put one particular bracket on it. So something that I've always thought about is why people would think that they're naturally good at sex when they don't have any experience of doing it or of seeing it. So say a young uh, person who's actually at any, at any age group, say they want to start trying to do something, but they haven't seen much of it and they haven't done much of it either. And I think that maybe porn can help in people's, let's say, getting to the level of doing something more comfortably. What do you think of that? People are more confident about their abilities in bed without having much experience or, yeah, without much experience or know-how because I think there's a culture of knowing what you're doing in bed. It's not really acceptable to admit, you know what, I'm not really sure about this, or I'm not really that good at that. It's people expected to know from the get-go and not really 
you know, there isn't enough room left for people to be learning. It's just like you're either good at sex or you're or you're shit. So I think that's why people pretend or at least they, they just expect like, oh I can't be bad, I, I must be good. So I think that's the assumption that people make and also with sex, most people are not gonna tell you that you're not good at, at something. They'll let it slide because they don't want you to make, they don't want you to feel bad in the moment. So a lot of people might go through life and think that they're really good and they're and they're smashing it, but but they're not. And there isn't that self-reflection where people think, oh, maybe I can improve this or or that want to to learn more things. So I think that that's that's the issue there. Yeah, because say something like. For a guy, oh, whether you're a guy or a girl, say you're, um, say trying to play with someone's nipples. Mm. I mean, you have, you might have a thought in your head of how that's meant to be, mm-hmm. but if you had literally never seen it before, yeah, and then suddenly you have to do it, mm-hmm. like, of course, you're probably not going to be that good at it. Yeah, and I've, and you know, as you're saying, I think that people watching porn and things like that gives them at least although it's not fully that's it's not fully a reflection of reality it's like it at least gives people an idea of how to try certain things yeah yeah with women as well i feel there's this expectation that and and no one get my case for this there's this expectation that because you're a woman almost that i feel like some women feel that they're automatically good at sex or they're automatically, yeah, that they're they're automatically good at sex because they don't really feel that they have to do that much, just be just for the other person to be sexually attracted to them, and then everything else will fall into place. Or at most, it will be more about um, like techniques for like giving head or something like that, but nothing else really. And I'm not saying that that's the case all the time because then also there's the other side where women want to do like. The absolute most to please their man and do all of these acrobatics and and do all of this performance and stuff where people feel a lot of pressure to do that as well to keep a man happy but there's also the thing like well you're the man you're going to basically be the the person who is acting upon me so there's not really much for me to do so i think that adds to people assuming that they will automatically be good in bed when they're not and of course, people's attitude and personality and things like that, of course, add to the sexual experience without skill coming into it. But yeah, I think people should stop making those sort of assumptions. A rule of thumb, if a woman says that, how can women be bad at sex? Then she's probably bad at sex. Yeah. One thing that's definitely true with a lot of porn is the focus is mainly on the man's pleasure or on the male viewer's pleasure and you will notice that a lot if say you're a woman and you're interested in women and you see some of the scenes that are set up and I notice it a lot with the threesome pawns as well where there'll be a lot going on with um, the women doing stuff to the man but then the women don't really do much with each other it's more for for the look of things that they'll kiss each other etc etc but there won't really be as much emphasis on say the other woman going down well on the on the other woman and and things like that there's not really as much of that focus they they come across like a, a bit lost in a lot of them 
you notice that there'll be a lot of videos to do with like sucking dick and things like that but there won't really be that many or comparatively there won't be as many well shot pawns of a man eating out a woman it's it's kind of like hard to come across in in some cases and even with the the porn where it's like two women together the women will be doing stuff where i know like in real life those things don't really translate as well it's more something for the style of, of how it looks and you'll see that a lot with these tripping videos because most people won't be flexible enough for them to have like both of their pussies touching together or they'll both be too wet where there won't be enough friction for, for that to really feel as pleasurable as they're making it out to be with the sounds that they're making. So a lot of the time to make it more practical, you'll, you'll need to be on a harder surface area like someone's thigh or something like that. But because people don't see that as, you know, as a, or men don't find that as appealing, they don't do it that way. And there's others where you can clearly see that there's not really much contact between the two women. So there are things that I find like a bit annoying, but then I guess you can go and find other things. And people talk about more female oriented or or more women friendly porn as well. And I think that that's definitely a thing which is good. And there's certain elements that I feel more women would be interested in seeing. It's not to say that oh, women don't want to see the same sort of like nasty stuff or freaky stuff. That's not really the case. It's more the way in which things are done, which is the issue. Another thing is the portrayal of things like gangbangs. And I know, or like threesomes where it's like two guys as well, where I know like that is something that a lot of women are interested in, but because of like a lot of different reasons, it's, it's a bit taboo for people to think about it. And the way that it's portrayed in porn really doesn't help that at all. So, most of the ones that I've seen is where it's a group of guys and it's sort of like they're pushing the woman around, like they're forcing her, they're disrespecting her, that type of thing. And that's not to say that people don't like scenarios where they're a bit more dominated and things like that. That's not the problem. It's just that that seems to be the predominant way that it's, it's portrayed. I think you'll be quite hard pressed to find, to come across uh, a gangbang scenario where the woman is, you know, treated tenderly tenderly and well and it doesn't seem as if they're like you know badding her up or something like that you I think that's a bit rarer and like a lot of the time on the captain you'll see like slut gets fucked by five guys or something like that where you can already tell the tone of what they're expecting from the video and the same with threesomes where it's like two guys as well it's it's more seen as the woman is the one who's being acted upon rather than her being more of a willing participant in things and she's actually getting involved and doing different things. It it doesn't really come across that way. And that's another thing where, you know, it could do with a bit more representation there. So what's your favourite type of porn at the moment? My favourite type of porn at the moment is porn with couples, particularly ones where the woman is going in when she's giving a blowjob. I think those are ones that I, I really like watching or where the couple are quite they seem like they're really getting into it where the guy is like quite forceful with the woman putting her in different positions and it just seems like it's quite an intense session those are the type that I'm, I'm into the most at the moment lots of sloppy head yeah I like to see the craftsmanship you know 
I want to give ratings where ratings are due. And what about the setup? Is that important for you as well? I have a love-hate relationship with scenarios in porn. Sometimes they can be quite entertaining. A lot of the time I'll skip ahead and then I'll feel like I've skipped ahead too much because I'm like, wait, I want to get to the point. And then when I get to the point, then I'm like, wait, wait a second. How did we get to this to this part? And then I end up rewinding it. So it sort of depends on what mood I'm in. Sometimes I don't really care about what the story is. Other times the story is, is an important part of what's going on. I think one um, that we watched recently was one where this girl was trying to get her driving license and then she was sleeping with her driving instructor and then she was sleeping with the person who was testing her like that that was pretty funny like i like when it's funny and it's entertaining but also the porn is shot well and the actors are at least relatively talented or, or they've got good style in what it is that they're doing remember the one with the estate agent as well yeah that one was that was hilarious so that one is where the setup was this couple were coming to buy a house and an estate agent was showing them around the house. So when the couple separates, so the wife would go off to one side, the estate agent, who is a woman, was basically moving to the guy and getting him to do sexual acts with her. And then they were trying to do it in a way so that they didn't get caught, or rather, the estate agent didn't really care that they got caught, but the husband was concerned that they might get caught. So that was pretty funny and interesting and fun. So the next subject is body positivity and what my understanding of body positivity is basically the idea that everyone should be able to feel good about their bodies and, and also be respected no matter what type of body it is that they have. It is something that is becoming a bit more prominent online there's like a lot of criticisms of it as well and there's also subsections within the body positivity movement so say for example body image might affect people who are plus size more it might affect people who are darker skinned more so people have um, different divisions within those subgroups to you know um, target the specific issues that they deal with having that identity or, or that appearance so for me as a dark-skinned woman, it has taken some time for me to accept myself for the way that I am. I think that my experiences with colorism are, well, obviously everybody's experiences is different, but I never really felt like I wanted to be lighter skinned or, or anything else like that. But I was well aware that when you're darker skinned, the idea is that you wouldn't be as attractive or beautiful as somebody who is not. So that is something that I've grown up with. The other thing is how you're expected for your body to look. I'm a person who has dealt with disordered eating in my past as well. And it was it took a while for me to actually be able to see my body as it actually is. And it is still something where at times I have to reassess how I feel about particular things and try to look at things with a more balanced perspective, if you, if you get what I mean. So it has been definitely a journey and a lot of things that you see in the media or just going through life in general are things that will make you feel less than, almost like no matter what you feel like, it's, you're meant to feel inadequate is, is how the setup is. 
but it will affect certain people more than others. And I know that for me, I'm a bit smaller. So certain things that might affect somebody who is bigger than me might not affect me as much. And also through posting my nudes like online as well, I've noticed a bit more things that I didn't really notice before. And different people have said, have pointed out different things to me as well. And I thought, oh, really? You really think so? I didn't notice that before. So it has been like a bit of an eye opener, um, putting my body out there for people to see it and then the feedback that I get from it. Um, but also what matters the most is what my perception of myself is. And second to that is what the perception of myself is to people who I care about as well. And being able to look at myself in a kinder way and also to be accepting of basically what the core of what my body actually does, which is it carries me as a person, it has a function, it has practical use outside of what value somebody wants to place on it for what I look like. There's a lot more in it, like, you know, my body houses my brain, it gets me up, it moves me around. Those are things to be celebrated as well outside of just my appearance, because appearance also can be um, fleeting. Um, I see a lot of people sometimes getting on the case of people who are on the whole body positivity movement, particularly for people who are bigger to say, oh, you guys should be healthier, you should be this, you should be that. And a lot of the time, those type of criticisms are not coming from a genuine place. So for the most part, they can be disregarded. But I think at the core of it is that everybody has the right to feel good about themselves. Everybody has the right to feel you know, positive about how they look, in my opinion. It doesn't mean that you have to find every single person in the world attractive. I think we do need to think, we can be critical of why we find particular things attractive and there might be a bit more things behind that which we can examine. But, you know, really, a lot of it is just minding your own business and trying to be positive about yourself as a person too. So what's some of the things that people have said to you that you've been surprised about? Yeah, it's one thing that I mentioned not long ago is I get a lot of comments about my pussy. People ask me, oh, how how can I um, get mine like to match the rest of my body? Or because I noticed that yours isn't darker than the rest of you. Or people ask me, oh, how comes you don't get razor bumps? Like, what is your shaving routine? How do you get like such a smooth cut? Questions like that, which First, I didn't really think that I was that good at shaving it, to be honest. I thought I just did a all right job. Um, I didn't really see it as, as anything that was like unusual. Um, yeah, so that sort of surprised me, like how many questions I've had about that. Like, I get a lot of questions about it. Um, but yeah, that is something that I've, I guess I'm, I've found a newfound appreciation for that because I didn't, I took that for granted before. And what about your booty? Yeah, I think that I have a nice bum, but I've been surprised by people saying that it's big. Because I know, like, um, you, my husband says that it's, well, he's always said that it's big, but I thought that well, maybe because, like, he loves me and stuff, that's his perception of it. Um, but other people say it as well, because I don't really think that, like, because I don't have a huge ass, I don't really consider it to be big. 
at the same time people say that it's big every now and again there's somebody who jumps up and says like oh your your bum's like really small and cute so i don't really know like i don't really take it too i don't take it too seriously i think it was like a bit of a pinch of salt but i'm just glad for the bum that i have i think that it looks good it's like you know it suits the purposes that i have for it so i'm, I'm not complaining if you had to give a few tips to people on how to be more positive about their body what would you suggest i'd say comparison is the thief of joy i know that might be a cliched statement but if you're looking at your body and, and expecting it to be like somebody else's you're just never going to be happy and there's no point in putting yourself through that type of torture you have to accept what it is that you have and you know if there's things that you feel that you want to change you have to think about why that is and say for example there are certain things about say my body and my appearance where they might be a bit different to other people's but I like them or they might be things that not everybody compliments me on but I notice them so say for example I really like how my arms are it's not something that people really point out to me and say oh I really like your arms or anything like that but from a long time that has been the part of my body that I've really liked so then I thought to myself well if I really like my arms without anybody telling me that they look good or something like that why would I give myself a hard time about some other parts of my body that other people might tell me that they look good or, or whatever else you can create your own narrative of how it is that you feel about your body of course there is you know the standard beauty um beauty standards that we're sort of faced with and what the expectations are that we have in society but also you have some degree of control over your own life and your own perception and you don't always need to feel bullied by your expectations of how you should be so that's one thing I think it helps also if you come across people who look a bit more like you and sort of show support to them and also see yourself in other people and you know be kinder to yourself as well and see how other people can look similarly to you and they still look very good and also to just be you know a bit more appreciative of the practical things that your body actually does sometimes it's not always about oh i feel like i look beautiful or i look amazing today sometimes it can be about you know i'm just not going to let this bother me today i'm not going to let this get in the way of me going on holiday i'm not going to let this get in the way of me wearing what it is that i want to wear and try to live your life that way like with a lot of things sometimes it's the perception that we have in our heads which is really tormenting us more than what it is that people are saying and there's also stuff that people might say to me that might be negative about my appearance but i don't i take it with a pinch of salt i don't take it that seriously and when you learn to appreciate yourself a bit more, what other people tell you negatively about yourself becomes nonsense almost. So that's another thing is sort of, you know, building more of that strength of, of character as to how it is that you feel about yourself and accepting yourself for who you are. Though, of course, a lot of things are, are difficult. Um, yeah, the core of it is just trying to see yourself more as a full person. And being kind to yourself and appreciative of yourself and celebrating what it is that you do have you don't have to look like everybody else you're fine just being you 
and even if you do decide that there's things that you want to change do that because you want to do that not just because you're chasing this standard which is going to change again in the next five to ten years so what do you think of the idea that people should live for today and not for tomorrow because there'll be a lot of people that will have an idea of something they want to do but they'll feel that they need to say lose weight first or they need to change a particular thing about themselves first before they can do that thing it's good to set a target and it can be positive for you to have a goal that you're working towards that can be a big motivator and that can be like a really good thing but when people do things like that i think they need to be careful that you're not trapping yourself in an endless cycle where you're just basically putting your life on hold like oh i'll wear this when i lose more weight or I'll go on this holiday when I lose more weight or when I get this fixed or when I get that done and then I can live my best life because one, you might get that get to that stage and then you don't actually feel good enough to do things. Do you get what I'm saying? Like there's a lot of people who they've lost weight and then they still their mind still hasn't caught up to the fact that they've lost weight. So they still feel like they look the same in the mirror. And they still don't have that confidence to wear that particular thing because their mind is still in that place. So it's not just about doing these little changes that will make your life perfect. It's more about also what's in the inside of how you feel about yourself. And I think with a lot of the time, it's it's good for you to actually force yourself, not force, but as in push yourself and motivate yourself to do things anyway, not wait for this ideal time when everything is supposedly going to be perfect and that is something that I've learned as well there was one time I went on holiday and I was thinking to myself oh I'm going to be this way I'm going to be this and I'm going to wear that and blah 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 and it didn't actually end up being that way and I just said you know what fuck it I'm going to do it anyway and I had like a really great time and I didn't really look back at that and think, oh, you know what, things should have been different if I if I did it that way. Because it was like a minor thing. It was more to do with like how I felt about myself. So by all means, if you feel that there's a goal in mind that will help to motivate you, go ahead. But don't put your dreams and your plans on hold because you're waiting for this ideal situation. If you feel that you deserve that holiday or you feel that you want to, you deserve to wear that outfit or whatever else it is, then go for it. And no matter what size you are, men will like whatever underwear you wear. <laughs> so question time. Yep, so we've reached that section of the podcast where I'm going to answer some questions. So the first question is, what are the essential sex toys or sex add-ons that people need and what are your favourites? Okay, so one of the things that I think is essential is for people to buy lube and that's not just for people who don't get a lot of lubrication me for example for the most part i have a lot of natural lubrication very well yes so and i use lube so i feel that if i'm using lube everybody else should use lube as well also as i keep saying all lubes are not created equal if you're doing things like anal then it is helpful for you to have a silicone-based lube or to have a water-based lube which is specifically made for you to use um, while doing anal. So 
I tend to buy a lot of sex toys and other things like that on this website called Love Honey. And you can actually like read the reviews from people who have used a different product. So I would say if you're looking for a lube to do a particular thing, then read the reviews and, and pick the one which has the best reviews and, and try that out. So there's lubes that can give you like a tingly feeling when you're having sex as well, like a sort of like peppermint sensation. So there's lubes for you to do that. That one's like you're having sex outdoors. Yeah, so it's like you can it's like you feel like extra breeze where there's no breeze like you have like a a refreshing dicking down I, I don't know how else to like explain it but you could try that um there's lubes which also double as massage oils so that's something that you should try i just feel like it's really raggedy for you to be using things like vaseline even coconut oil for you organic like lovers and things like baby oil, things like that are not meant to go inside your pussy. It's not meant to go like on your dick, really. So if you're going to use like subpar tools, you're going to get subpar results. So just just buy the lube. It doesn't even cost that much money. Just just buy lube. And you never know, you might be having a day where things are a bit drier than normal. You just whip out the lube and it doesn't like kill the mood. You can just get on with stuff. And if you use things like condoms as well, then it, it just makes more sense for you to have lube because even if you have like that natural lubrication, I feel that like condoms make that a bit harder. So that is definitely one is lube. The other thing that I'll say that you should have is, and I'm gonna say for like men and women too, is for you to have a vibrator that charges with a USB. I think this is a lot more common now. I just think like, it's long for you to always be changing batteries. If you've got like the USB and stuff like that, try to get like a powerful vibrator if you can. If you're a guy, you can buy that. You can entertain the women that you see if you're, if you're interested in women. If you're a woman, you can entertain yourself with that. You can use it when you're having sex with your partner. You can use it on other women if that's what you want to do. Um, so yeah, I would say definitely like some type of powerful vibrator that you can charge with a USB. So the second question is, how has your attitude to sex changed and what advice do you have? So my attitude to sex has changed a lot. Um, I think I mentioned it a bit earlier, is I sort of started off as being a bit more of a prude, quite uncomfortable talking about sex and, and things like that. Now I've gone from from that to someone who is doing a lot of stuff. I'm into BDSM, I've had threesomes, had other group sex, gone to sex clubs, a lot enthusiastic about different things like giving heads, going down on women, being bi, all of those different things. So I've gone from being approved to somebody who has quite a lot of interesting experiences, if I do say so myself. Um, advice on being um, advice on being a bit more open I'd say you need to be open and honest about what it is that you want don't get too caught up about whether you think it's unusual or proper or normal just think about what it is that I want and how is it that I can go about doing this in a safe and consensual way if there's stuff that you're interested in try to research it from from good sources if there's stuff that's holding you back that 
you, that might be bothering you, try to work through those things as best as you can so that they don't get in your way. And my question, so if you went back and spoke to 18-year-old Truth, what would be the thing that she'll be most shocked about that you do today? Hmm. I think that she'd be most shocked being married and having sex with other people with her husband being involved. Well, we've come to the end of the podcast. Um, as per usual, you can find me at truthinthebeauty.tumblr.com um, if you want to look at my pictures, if you want to see my random ramblings, or if you want to send me uh, ask or a question um, for the next podcast. Or to see your actual booty. Yeah, so you can find my actual booty there. Um, so until next time, catch you guys later. Do she do it like me? Do she work that body? Throw that ass like a pump, 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 pump it high. Do she handle it?